This is What Book Hooked You? I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. On this episode, I talk to Sabina Khan, whose debut, The Love and Lies of Roxana Ali, comes out on the 29th of January uh, from Scholastic. And this is a great conversation I have with Sabina, uh, just what got her into writing uh, and the role that her daughters uh, played uh, in her desire to write uh, the type of YA books that she does. So listen in. So Sabina, what book hooked you? So um, so when I was five years old, I was um, laid up in a hospital in Germany after I had my appendix taken out. And a friend's mom brought me this um, book by an, a British author called Enid Blyton. And she wrote these amazing boarding school series. And I just never stopped reading since then. Um, and at the same time, my sister brought me um, a, a comic book called The Phantom. And so the same time, that same week, I got hooked on books and uh, graphic novels at the same time. So, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much where it started. And I continued reading uh, those uh, boarding school books. And she also, Enid Blyton also wrote a lot of um, adventures, like kids having adventures and solving mysteries and stuff. Um, so I read those uh, in German at the time. And then when I was eight, we moved to, my family moved to Bangladesh. And I luckily found those books in English over there. So I was able to continue with my obsession. Um, but there, uh, you know, later on in um, school, middle school, I started reading, well, earlier than middle school, in grade five was when we were assigned Pride and Prejudice and Jane Eyre. And uh, I got hooked on those at the time. So, yeah, I've been hooked on a lot. Like, there were a lot of books that really got me hooked on to reading. That's great. And so, and it's great that you point out, uh, so interesting, that you read some of those books in German and then uh, were able to find them uh, when you moved. And that's one thing I've always noticed, that uh, we're able to, books travel with us. While we may move from place to place, uh, we're able to find those books. So with books, uh, when it came to you, uh, were you the kind of person that would just read anything, or did you kind of fall into like a certain type of book after a while? No, I think I, I did read pretty much anything, because uh, I moved at such a young age, and when I moved to Bangladesh, I was almost eight, and I couldn't speak any English at all, and I also couldn't speak Bengali, uh, because my mom and dad are from two different countries, so my mom spoke Urdu, she was from Pakistan, so at home we spoke Urdu and German, uh, but in Bangladesh, you spoke Bengali and then English. So I didn't speak either of those. So books were really my refuge. So I would just kind of like go through every single book in our elementary school library and sit there with a dictionary and just read and, and you know, look up every word, which was pretty much every second, third word. And that's literally how I taught myself. I mean, other than, of course, English class in school. Um, but I just went in there completely blind, like not not understanding what the teacher was saying, not understanding what anyone around me was saying. So I really just kind of escaped in books, and it just kind of stuck with me even after I could speak English fluently afterwards or in Bengali. So, um, yeah, so no, I, absolutely, I agree that um, books really do travel with you. And um, another thing I got hooked on when I got, you know, when I was more comfortable, uh, my dad would bring me these uh, comic books which featured um, the Hindu gods and goddesses. And uh, they're called Amar Chitra Katha, and they're just really amazing books about the, the, 
I, I don't want to call it mythology because it's mm-hmm. an actual practice religion, but it was just all about the gods and goddesses and all their powers and their wars and, you know, how they battled evil. And so all of that, just and, and these were in English, but they were actually based on, like, uh, um, you know, a culture that I hadn't been very familiar with until I moved to Bangladesh. And at what point then, uh, because you were such a big reader uh, growing up, uh, were you trying to create your own stories? I think I was doing that even as young as grade three. I was just writing these little fairy tales, and you know, and it was all kind of a mishmash of you know German terms and English. And because when I came to Bangladesh, I entered grade three, um, and so my in my head I was still kind of putting all these you know the two new languages together, and um, I was still thinking in German and Urdu, but I was trying to write and express myself in Bengali and English. So they weren't stories that anybody else could read or understand because it was so kind of a mix-up of all these languages. But yeah, but no, it was as as early as grade three. And uh, in Bangladesh, in school, we had to write all these essays constantly for English class. Um, I loved writing essays because they were usually just kind of free form. Like they were, you know, they would just give us a topic and you could pretty much write anything. And I would just write, like I just, I loved writing all these kind of funny, weird adventures and I think that's when, and I really loved grammar. I was just like obsessed with the grammar because I was learning it, but also I, I mean, I was learning it as a, you know, completely new uh, newcomer to the language. But um, I just really enjoyed the kind of the, I won't call it formula, but just the, the rules and everything. I really enjoyed that. And so I would read books that were assigned to us for the following year. I would read them all in the summertime before school started and then kind of suffer through mm-hmm. everyone else going, you know, in class, reading along. And I already knew the whole story. And then as you got older, um, kind of moving away from school where you um, were assigned books, when it came to kind of uh, becoming a young adult, adult, where you, uh, you were kind of out on your own. Did books uh, continue to play an important part? Were they always something uh, that you kind of immersed yourself in, uh, you know, out after uh, university, college, whatever it may be, you know, as you kind of moved into adulthood, were books still important? Yes, they were. Like, I read, um, I, I really read a lot as a teen as well, but we didn't have young adults back then. Like, it was just, I went from children straight to adult books and I'm pretty sure I was reading extremely inappropriate age inappropriate books at a very very young age and a lot of the content I probably just went over my head um, but I just continued reading um, until I came to university uh, in the states and I was a poli sci major and German literature major so I had a lot of assigned reading I stopped reading for just pure enjoyment because it was just overwhelming you know having to work and study at the same time as an international student and just kind of fitting into a completely new culture, uh, living on campus. So I really didn't pick up reading for a few years until after I had my daughter, so about 24, 25 years ago, um, uh, when I started picking up books. But by then, I, I had cha- my life had changed so much. I went from being like a single student, a young, you know, kind of no responsibility other than just, you know, doing well in school and things like that, to being a wife and a mom and, you know, having to worry about things. And I was I was an immigrant as well. Uh, you know, I, I was still a pretty new immigrant. I'd only been in the States for two or three years. And I found books by Indian authors, like Indian, you know, Indo-American or Indo-Canadian mm-hmm. authors that kind of dealt with the, the immigrants, like, you know, the immigrant experience. And that really helped me a lot because I felt 
quite alone in those early years when I was, um, you know, when I was a young mother, um, not having any family, my, my, not having my immediate family in the States as, at all, and just sort of missing out on those connections and those experiences that you would have if, you know, you're surrounded by family. And so I really kind of immersed myself in those kind of books. So there's Rohinton Mystery and Chitra Banerjee and um, so many, like there's so many amazing authors who were also, you know, probably a few years older than me or maybe 10 years older than me, but had already immigrated to the, to North America. And just their experiences resonated so much with me because as a child, I never got the opportunity to see myself in books at all. And I never questioned it as a child because there was just, that was that's how it was. Um, other than those comic books that I was talking about, those graphic, um, you know, uh, about the um, Indian gods and goddesses. Uh, other than that, all the books I wrote had no character, no no characters who looked like me, or even had lives like mine. Um, so it was really nice to read about, uh, you know, the experiences of, of of an adult who had come to the states either as a student or as a professional or just as a, as a wife, um, and and how they dealt with these huge changes, in you know, like just having your life just change from one extreme to the other. And, and having to adjust to it. And, you know, so many issues like, you know, homesickness, you know, facing, uh, dealing with prejudice, just feeling just lo- the, the loneliness, and also the excitement and the, you know, the sense of adventure you feel when you travel across, um, you know, uh, just travel halfway across the world and start a new life. So that was when, so this was, yeah, this was like when I was about 26 years old. Um, so there was a big gap in my reading in my university years until I started reading again. And, and since then, I really haven't stopped. Great. When in your adult life did you really kind of uh, get struck or get bitten by the bug to uh, want to write your own stories and take it seriously, uh, where there was this dream of maybe being published one day? Um, I would say that happened when my own daughter, my older daughter, started reading young adult books, and I started reading young adult books for the first time, uh, kind of, you know, just to be able to talk with her about the books she was excited by, and I really started enjoying the young adult voice so much because I hadn't been familiar with it before in books because, again, like I said, I went from children's books straight to adult books. And um, so this was the first time that I was reading these books that my daughter was reading. And um, this was when, like, Twilight had come out and she was reading uh, Scott Westerfeld, like the Ugly series and things like that. And it was really, like, kind of a fresh experience for me. And, you know, for two reasons. One was obviously that I could connect with my daughter uh, over our common love of books. And just also just kind of the the, the voice was just so amazing to me that, you know, like... um, I just really enjoyed it, and that's when I started thinking that, you know, I, like I'd always, like I said, I always wanted to write, but I hadn't really ever thought of it as a career option. Um, but this start, sort of started getting me into, I, I think that's like, so this was quite a few years back, and I kind of started thinking about it, but, you know, I was just kind of busy with work, sure. raising my kids. I didn't think about it seriously until probably about 2010, we visited India for the first time with my kids. And my husband and um, I'd already been thinking about writing a book. Uh, my do- my younger daughter had uh, in grade four. She had gotten really um, obsessed with uh, Percy ja- the Percy Jackson mm-hmm. series by Rick Riordan, and 
Um, I started, and then I made, it made me think, she was so into the Greek mythology and everything that I started looking for books about Indian mythology, and I thought, you know, it would be so cool if she could read books like this about her own culture, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find any. And uh, at the same time, my older daughter was reading, you know, young adult contemporary, and again, nobody in those books looked like my daughter's. And it started, you know, that's when I kind of started thinking that what if I write about the experiences that you know, kids like my daughters were going through where they were sort of straddling cultures, like, you know, at home, they, you know, we, the way the way we speak, you know, we, we kind of like we speak in English to them, but it's all there's so much Bengali and Urdu mm-hmm. thrown in. Um, the food we eat, the kind of, you know, we watch, you know, we watch American shows, but we also watch Bollywood movies. And, you know, the things we celebrate, we celebrate Christmas and Halloween, but we also celebrate Eid and Diwali. And so those things, you know, and just the, the different experiences that they have when, you know, you, you have two, you do come from two different cultures, like mm-hmm. you're part of com- two complete different cultures. And that's when I started thinking seriously about writing something that would, you know, reflect uh, character, like that would, that would have characters like my daughters. And so something that, you know, I never found as a young reader, I really wanted my kids to find that. Um, and at the time, like in 2014, 2013, or even like, it, there weren't really that many. Like nowadays, of course, there's you know quite a lot more. But back then, even five, six years ago, it was really difficult to find a lot of contemporary or fantasy that was not Eurocentric, mm-hmm. basically. And so when you kind of uh, got this motivation then, uh, what did you kind of do to uh, feel or kind of train yourself or, or work on the craft of writing? Was there anything that you involved yourself in or studied or kind of followed to try to kind of uh, go through this journey of uh, writing a full manuscript uh, and getting to the point where you thought it could be uh, published? Um, yeah, I mean, I read I, I read a lot, obviously. So, you know, I was, I was reading since, I don't know, like I was reading young adult novels since 2010 or so, like before that as well. Okay. Um, I was just kind of reading as much as I could. I took some writing classes just in our you know, local community centers um, and then kind of just, you know, attended conferences, spoke with, uh, you know, like conferences where you can pitch your ideas and kind of just got feedback on some small, like short stories that I had written or just ideas or just first few pages and started getting like kind of a feel for you know, uh, what the reaction would be. And to be honest, like, again, in 2011, 2012, the only reaction I always got was, oh, you should try and get published in India. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you know, like, why don't you, why don't you try and, appear, you know, kind of approach the Indian community? And it made me, you know, so for a while I was really discouraged and I was wondering, like, do only Indian people want to read about Indian characters? Um, aside the fact that I'm not Indian, I'm from Bangladesh, but... Um, <laughs> It was just kind of frustrating to get that reaction. And again, like I said back then, even so just, you know, eight, nine years ago, there weren't a lot of um, a lot of books with, with you know, any, any other kind of characters or from any other kind of a background. And so it was kind of frustrating. And, you know, I, I was very close to giving up many, many times. And, and what kept me going is just kind of seeing kids like, you know, like my daughters again and their friends who, you know, I live in a very um, diverse area in Vancouver. And it's just kind of hard to think that they're, you know, that the books that these kids are, you know, getting hold of don't have, just don't reflect who they are. Mm-hmm. And so um, I kind of just stuck with it. And uh, eventually I ended up writing this book. So 
That's great. So glad I stuck with it. Absolutely. But it, it was difficult, and it was kind of dis- it was very discouraging initially. So I had to really kind of I mean, there were, I I gave up for almost a whole year. I just kind of stepped back and sort of just tried to put it out of my head. But it just kept coming back, and so you know, I just kind of picked it up again. Great. And the book you're referring to is The Love and Lies of Roxana Ali, which mm-hmm. comes out the 29th from Scholastic. So let's start talking about this book. And first, uh, tell me, what is this book about? So it's basically about Roxana Ali. She's um, she's a typical American teen, but she's also, her parents are from Bangladesh. They're immigrants. They're very conservative Muslims. And Roxana is a lesbian. And she has a girlfriend that they don't know about, and she can't tell them because um, they won't they won't understand, they won't accept her. Um, so she knows that in a few months she's going to go away to Caltech with her girlfriend. They're going to, you know, start kind of a new life there. And they can be together because her, she'll be away from her parents. You know, they live in Seattle at the moment. So there'll be some distance and she won't have to hide this important part of her identity from them. But unfortunately, um, her mother catches her kissing her girlfriend and then basically all hell breaks loose and her parents just completely um, freak out, basically, and they take her to Bangladesh um, and they try to marry her off to, you know, the first guy they can find so that, you know, nobody finds out about this huge scandal that will rock the Bangladeshi-American community or, you know, in her family as well. Um, so now Ruxana just basically has to figure out how she can get back to her life in Seattle and to her girlfriend while at the same time trying to stay true to who she is and not lose everyone that she loves, because she does love her family and she loves her parents and she knows that, you know, they're not bad people. They just they just don't understand mm-hmm. this. And so um, her basically the story is about her trying to get back to her life and she does find um, unexpected allies in Bangladesh and... Um, you know, uh, she she know she and and they help her see that she has to fight for her love and for her future. Um, so yeah, so it's a story about identity, about you know acceptance, and um, you know how we basically need to make us carve out a space for ourselves in the world where you know we are comfortable and we don't lose everyone that we care for. Wonderful. And so, what was it? Uh, what was that initial spark, that uh, that initial idea that got you writing this book? Well, I would say uh, my younger daughter came out to us when she was 17. And um, we, we talked very openly about everything. And, you know, she also would tell us about other kids that she knew. Um, and I would read articles about other kids who come from not just Muslim backgrounds, but just conservative backgrounds where they were to, they were afraid to come out to their parents, or if they did come out, it wasn't, you know, didn't go over well. Many of them were getting depressed, and they were afraid. And so I started thinking about a situation where, you know, uh, if, if my daughter had been born into a different family, perhaps, or, or, you know, just an actual teen who has that kind of a family, where they can't be open and honest with them, um, what it would be like. And I sort of also read articles about things that were happening to the LGBT community in Bangladesh. Um, and some of the articles I read and some of the accounts were just horrifying. And it just made me, extre- it just sort of broke my heart knowing that the country, the city where I grew up, and I have such happy memories of, you know, being a preteen and a teen and a young adult, that now if I wanted to take my daughter back there, I would be terrified for her safety. Mm-hmm. 
And just things like that made me wonder about what these other kids might be going through, um, how afraid they must be, sometimes even afraid for their lives, because homosexuality is an actual crime in Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. So you can actually be arrested for being gay and just that or, or, you know, killed, which is what uh, happened a a few times too many that, you know, there were people who were openly gay and activists were actually killed just for who they were. And so all of this kind of these different things combined sort of started making, you know, started me thinking. And, and I just, it just came pouring out of me. Actually, I wrote it, I wrote the first draft in 16 days, and I just couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was writing like 10 to 12 hours a day with like small breaks and short breaks in between. And it just came out like that. And, and then of course, I had to revise it multiple times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's basically what started it for me. And because, uh, because it was that spark, that initial starting point uh, involved your daughter. How, what role did she have as far as uh, the writing process uh, and making sure that uh, maybe something you wrote uh, she was okay with or it didn't hit too close to home? Uh, was she one of your beta readers? Uh, how closely uh, did she kind of follow your process? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, a lot actually, because I really, she was really a good sounding board for me because I wanted to make sure I got the voice right. And also just, you know, like you were saying, to make sure that, you know, I was portraying a character like that, uh, the, the way I was uh, portraying a character like Roxana um, accurately and that I wasn't, you know, kind of going off base at all. So she was really very closely reading bits and pieces of what I was writing as I was writing it. And I was getting her feedback. And the same with my older daughter as well. Um, both of them had a lot of feedback because they were, you know, at that time, like my daughter was 17, my older daughter was 21. So um, it, it was really nice to have actual young adults who could, sure. you know, in the house that I could kind of bounce ideas off of and who would kind of give me, you know, feedback on on a lot of things like, for example, you know, if I thought my a joke of mine was incredibly funny and they didn't, they would tell me. They were not shy about that. So just things about things like that. Um, so I was very grateful to have their feedback. And as you were writing this, because you, you noted how uh, when you kind of first started and reading uh, YA books with your daughters, uh, just kind of the landscape of books that were out there and the stories that were being told. And of course now... Uh, things have changed and they're moving uh, in a great direction. So how was it to be writing this book and at the same time kind of seeing uh, where YA as a category uh, was going with uh, the voices and the stories that were being told? It was very encouraging compared to, like I'd mentioned before, like in 2010, 2012. So compared to that, this was very encouraging um, because I did see, like I read, and, and as I was writing, or even before I had started writing this, I, wrote, I read um, Written in the Stars by Aisha Saeed, and I read both of Sarah Farazan's book, um, Tell Me How a Crush Should Feel and um, If You'd Be Mine. And, um, you know, it was very encouraging to see the, um, you know, the response they got, the positive response all these books got. And uh, But I still found there were not very many... Um, books about Muslim LGBTQ. And, you know, and that is something like some, you know, I, I really wanted to write a story about someone that felt real to me, because obviously, she was my daughter, but also um, somebody who, you know, so somebody that is is real, like, you know, uh, Muslims, there are LGBTQ Muslim people, and there's just not any stories about them. Um, because it's just, you know, it's still just starting. And so at the time, I really felt this was something that 
might be received with enthusiasm and um that so it really kind of drove my kind of the writing process it's it's nice to write when you know that somebody wants to some there are people out there who actually want to read it you know as opposed to writing a story and then wondering if anybody will ever read it although of course i did think that many many times in the process i i i you know i did wonder if i was just kind of you know um fooling myself if anybody would want to read about a muslim immigrant lesbian you know and her struggles but um i was very happy obviously that they did sure. so so no that, so there was a very positive experience and i got like on twitter on social media i got a lot of support from people whenever i discussed it people were very excited and like when i first pitched it people were extremely excited and uh, it was just quite overwhelming to hear so many people saying you know wow we we haven't seen a book like this and i'd love to read something read a story like that so that was a very positive experience i would say that's wonderful well a few questions sort of as we wind down here the first one being what is your favorite movie uh, that's based on a book i love to all the boys i loved before mm-hmm. most recently but yeah, that one I would say that's my like my most recent favorite would be that one. Great. By Jenny Han, yeah. And then is there a book or a series of book that you feel like you were either weren't able to finish or you just for whatever reason haven't been able to get around to that you're willing to admit to never reading or never finishing? I haven't read any well right now um the Grishaverse. I haven't read any of those and I really really wish I had the time. You know what I'm talking The Six of Crows, right? The, yes, yes. The six, yeah. I have never had a chance to read those, and I really want to, uh, as soon as I have like, a chunk of sure. time that I can devote to it, that's something I would definitely love to read. Because, I mean, I've, people are raving about it, and I'd, I want to read them before I watch the movie which is coming out. Yes. And then finally, what is the last great book that you've read? Mm, that's an easy one. I read The City of Brass by S. H. Uh, Chakraborty, mm-hmm. and it's like a gin. It's a story about gin, and it's just the most amazing world building. And um, I just, I loved it. I completely just, I couldn't put it down. And the new book is coming out. Uh, Kingdom of Copper is coming out um, soon. I think next month or at the end of this month. And I can't wait. Uh, she's just an amazing storyteller. So, and that's an adult. It's not. It's. Like the character's twenty years old, so. yes, yes, but I just lo- absolutely loved everything about it. Yes, that is a good one. I actually had her on the podcast a while back. Oh, did you? Yes, and haven't been a chance had a chance to read that one though. Oh, it's just amazing! Like it's just you you feel like, you feel like you're watching a movie. Like it's yeah. just such an amazing book, and and you never know what's coming. You're completely like on the edge of your seat, and just the descriptions and the and the prose is just gorgeous everything about it and just the storyline itself like all these jinn tribes and their mm-hmm. politics and their you know all their complicated all their conflicts and the history it's just mind-blowing to me wonderful so yeah well sabina the love and lies of roxana ali comes out on january the 29th from scholastic and i wish you and this book all the best well thank you so much brock and thank you for having me i've really enjoyed it And, um, yeah, I hope everybody enjoys the book. I'm very excited. And, again, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. And thus ends another episode of What Book Hooked You. Special thanks to Sabina Khan for joining me. Her book, The Love and Lies of Roxana Ali, comes out on the 29th of January from Scholastic Books. 
I hope you'll check it out. And if you want to check out uh, some of the other books that she mentioned, uh, you can check out the show notes. I'm Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading.